Happy Valentine's Day! Shout out to all the single people out there. This is your opportunity to raise your <laughs> virtual hands high if you need it. Can't see them. Can you raise them a little raise higher? higher? There they are. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Let us know that you're out there. Yes, we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Would you stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays? We'd love to meet you. We hope that you will find Echo to be your place, your people, and your purpose. It all can be found in one space. It's what we are all looking for. Yes, it is. And thank you for your obedience to God's word with the giving of your tithe and generosity. Did you know that last week our kids gave over 11 pounds of change? Whoa! How cool is that? Mm -hmm. If you were wanting to know, that's a whopping $186.84 that the children of Echo Church have invested into our Here to Stay campaign. Awesome. We don't take this lightly and we appreciate our kids leading the way. Would you consider matching this donation today to invest into our permanence here in Rochester? Awesome. If you're looking to give, head to our website or Venmo us at We Are the Echo Church. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online, Online Service. service. Do you see what I see?
God of praise in this place. Come on, this is second service. I know first service beat you with that. Come on, let's lift some praise in this place. If it is your first time with us here at Echo, we just want to say a special welcome to you. We do not take it lightly that you would start your week off here with us um, and, and just spending some time and connecting uh, together as a community and with Jesus. But before we go further in worship this morning, I just simply want us to bow our heads where we are at. Um, and let's just set the tone in our hearts and in this atmosphere for God to move. God, I just pray in this moment, God, that you would speak to us even, even now. God, as we continue to worship, as we continue to press in what you may have for us in this time, God, that we would lay aside with whatever burden, with whatever carry, maybe with whatever aspect of our life that we're holding on to in this moment, God, we would put it aside. God, and we just invite you into our hearts. God, we focus our hearts into a posture of worship this morning to receive, to hear, and for you to guide. God, begin to speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did you catch uh, the, the holiday today? Happy Curmudgeon's Day. Uh, and out of honor for, for some of those people that are maybe a little fussy in your life, they don't like laughing too much, I got a few jokes. Are you okay with that? Okay. <laughs> uh, I have to warn you, I've got two, but I've got a third one, and I'm kind of debating whether I share it with you because of judgment. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm just not sure yet. Um, anyway, uh, so Christy the other day yelled at me uh, something like, like, why weren't... Why weren't you just, you weren't just listening to me right now, were you? And, and I thought to myself, well, that's a funny way to start a conversation. <laughs> Anybody relates to, to my issues? Come on, confession is good for your soul. Uh, Napster, does anybody remember Napster? Napster days, okay, kind of dates a few of us. Um, some of you have to go home and tell your, parents, your kids about it. Um, and uh, anyway, here's this out of honor of Napster and the good old days. Uh, here's the question, how did Metallica get people to stop pirating their music? They stopped releasing anything good. <laughs> Any Metallica fans out there, Winter Sandman, you know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. <laughs> okay, should I share the third joke? Okay, now, uh, how do I preface this? I, I preface it by telling you that what I'm speaking about today is hearing God's voice. And so often we don't hear God's voice, and, 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 and mainly because we aren't listening, okay? So just bear with me, okay? Then you can kind of see uh, some of the theme here of the jokes here. So anyway, I preemptively ask for forgiveness. Uh, there's an old couple in church and uh, the old couple, couple sitting there and they're enjoying uh, the sermon and the wife leans over and whispers, uh, I just let out a silent fart. And she asks her husband, what should I do? And which he replies, well, when we get home, we're going to want to change out the batteries in your hearing aids. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I might look 40-something, but I sure am not in my heart. I, I am extremely immature. Oh, how do I... Anyway, I... <laughs> 
I actually practiced this joke in the car this morning and I was laughing to myself. Because <laughs> uh, I was imagining Christy was the old wife of mine, but she would never do that. Um, I want to tell you today is, uh, is, is we're continuing in the series called, um, that I called, Would We Follow Jesus as Close? Um, that, uh, that I believe we are pursuing a God that invites the interruption. And as a dad, my kids are constantly interrupting me. Anybody relate out there? And, um, you know, because I'm an earthly father, so, so often I'm okay with the interruption, but I do need a little bit of patience on the other end. Y'all get what I'm saying? And it's not that I'm not listening. It's not that I don't care to respond uh, but I want to remind us that we, we serve a heavenly father who, who is waiting for his children to interrupt him. And he's been doing this from the beginning of time and he desires to be heard. Do you understand? He knows that we are seeking after him or desire at least to seek after him and he's waiting on the edge of his seat to respond and he wants to continue to speak as he has done from the beginning of time. And Hebrews 11.3, for those that have your Bible, it's Hebrews 11.3, and then we're also gonna turn to 1 Kings 19 as you uh, progress through scripture here. Uh, but Hebrews 11 says this, by trusting, by faith, we understand that the universe was created through the spoken word of God. God is speaking. He, he created the world as we know it by his words. And, and he has not stopped speaking. And, and the question that I have for you today is this, is are you listening? <laughs> God is speaking and are we listening? And, uh, and, and I want to say that, that, that for the most part, we can, we can get pretty distracted. Uh, we can get pretty um, overwhelmed by life and, and our circumstances and the voices around us so much so that it's very difficult to hear uh, the Lord's voice. And, and that's kind of what I want to teach you on today. Um, but let me tell you this. Is, uh, today, uh, really, the topic is this. And if you would write this down for those that are taking notes, I want to talk to you about listening prayer. And I'm saying listening prayer today because so often we understand prayer as something we do to talk to God. And what I'm presenting today is this. I believe that, that the majority of our prayer life isn't us speaking, but it is us listening to God's voice. A Native American proverb says, listen or your tongue will keep you deaf. That's pretty good, isn't it? Listen or your tongue will keep you deaf. A man named Jermaine said this, the older I grow, grow, the older I grow, the more I listen to people who don't talk much. And I really do believe, like, like as we mature as, as Christians, 
Uh, and as we're getting closer to Jesus, one of the things that we begin to understand is it's less about me talking and it's more about me listening. And Pastor Sam today uh, led the, the pre-service huddle uh, really early in the morning this morning and, and she brought up Moses and Moses going up the mountain and, and she had inspired me in this one thought. And, and this idea is like, we don't celebrate and remember Moses for what Moses said on the mountain to God, but we celebrate what and we remember what God said to Moses. Y'all get what I'm saying there? The significance in our life spiritually many times doesn't come from what we say, but truly what we hear God saying. So I just want to debunk this idea that, that prayer is all about talking to God. Yes, it is important for us to talk to God. It's important for us to be like real with God, to, to not fake it, you know what I'm saying? And, and just, just speak to him as we would speak to a friend. But prayer really at its beginning is asking, but how prayer ends is truly how we hear and what we are listening for. So I believe we just need to, to, to apply that to our life and our prayer life is we need to learn how to listen to God more. And that's what I want to teach you on today. And in order to do that, let's turn to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. And contextually, let me let you know what's going on here. Uh, Elijah is a prophet in the Old Testament. And the nation of Israel is uh, under oppression from another nation. And because that nation is in charge, they have more or less uh, welcomed uh, foreign gods, foreign small g gods into their culture and their context. And, um, and people of Israel are, 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 are following those ways. And Elijah, being a prominent prophet at the time, had an opportunity to have an epic show-off against their gods. So you have the God of the Israel, Israelites, right? And then you have the God of the gods of Baal. And so they go up to a mountain and it's in the middle of uh, a famine and, and, a, and, um, and really a desert moment. And, um, and they're, they're calling out to each other, really to their gods. And, and, and waiting in response to see what God might do. And, and the prophets of Baal attempted. And I mean, they, it wasn't because they didn't try. Uh, but truly, the, the prophet uh, or the, the gods of Baal did not respond. And then Elijah comes up and he does what he, he does. And God shows up. It is the most epic moment potentially in Israel's history from that moment of time, uh, from the beginning of time. And, uh, and, and what I find absolutely fascinating is this, is right after Elijah participates in this really epic moment, he runs off and he hides in a cave. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, having the most epic moment of your spiritual journey and your experience with Jesus, and then all of a sudden, because like there's some narrative and there's some pushback against you, you run off and, and you go hide in a cave. And this is where we meet Elijah. So 1 Kings 19, it says, the Lord said to Elijah, to him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Some versions would say, after the fire came a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard that still, small voice, he in essence humbled himself. He pulled over his cloak, his cloak over his face, and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And that voice spoke this, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And when I read that, and in preparation to this message and, and this really series, really, it evoked my memory of the Genesis story, Genesis 2 and 3, where God makes Adam and Eve and they put him, they put him at the center of the garden and Adam and Eve decide to eat of the tree of good and evil. And because of that, they find themselves experiencing fear and shame. And, and if they could find a cave, I would almost guarantee you they would go hide in it. And then what we see next is this, is God steps into that story and that chapter and the very first thing he does in the midst of their new, brand new commotion and chaos that they're experiencing, God comes in and he asks a question and he says, where are you? The cool part of this story is understanding that, and believing that God knew where they were. And, and, and I really believe in our everyday, ordinary, spiritual type of, of life and our relationship with God. Those are two questions that God wants to consistently ask us almost on a daily basis. That if we are still enough, if we are attuned enough to God's voice, we will, ask, we will hear him say from time to time, what are you doing, Andy? What are you doing? And, and, and at the same time, I believe that the same type of question he asked Adam and Eve is the same kind of question that he'd like to ask us. And it's this is, where are you? And when we hear, where are you, you, don't, you should remember that he understands where you are and what that, that question is, is more rhetorical for this idea that, that he is seeking after his children and he desires to speak. He desires to have communion with us. And yes, he wants to hear our cry, but more so he wants to be present with us. So the voice spoke to Elijah, where, what are you doing? In the beginning of the, of, of the Genesis narrative, God asks, where are you? And, and, and if we progress in this story about Elijah, uh, he replies to God in what are you doing? He says this, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. Isn't it funny how when God speaks to us sometimes and, and we're challenged in church, we don't necessarily look at the moment or in this, this time now or the time in the future, but we can so easily go and look in the past to what we've done. He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. I'm hiding in the cave now, but I've been, I have been very zealous for you, Lord, at some point. And then he says this, and he needs to explain this to God as if God doesn't know already, right? He says, the Israelites have, Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with sword. And then he's, he kind of has this pity party, and he says this. He, he says, I am the only one left, 
and now they're trying to kill me too. And I want to stop here to, to help you understand as we are living in the world as we know it, we are surrounded by part truth and part lies all the time. And I think this story illustrates this extremely well. That Elijah, he experiences God and the truth and the reality of, of God in his presence, yet he's still believing in, a, to, really believing in a bunch of lies. He's saying, I am the only one. I know how I feel. I know my current condition. I know I'm hungry. I'm probably thirsty. And I'm really cold in this cave. Woe is me. I'm the only one here. But God correctly turns that really falsehood into truth. And he says, no, you aren't. You are one of 7,000. And this is why I believe it's so important for us to lean in and to learn how to hear God's voice and his leading and his guidance in our life. Stephen Furtick says this, the devil yells lies, but God whispers truth because he's near. And I think part of our issue is this. Although God is near, we have allowed the devil to be there too. So here's my big idea. If, if we apply this idea of listening prayer to our life, then this is what, what happens. We begin to say less. And if we say less, then we hear more. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying? The more we say, we say less, the more we hear, the more opportunity. You know, I mean, I'm saying we attune ourselves to listening. I mean, honestly, like for those that have been married or been in a long-term relationship, man, there is an art to listening, okay? Let me say it like this. Maybe you don't feel that way right now. Well, there's an art of continued listening. You know what I'm saying? You know, y'all know who it is. You know who you are in the relationship. You, you're, when you tell a story, your stories are long. The opposite of that person needs to learn how to listen to those long stories. I get in trouble from time to time when I say, get to the point. And we'll talk about that in the next series. <laughs> uh, this is my big idea. If we say less, then we're going to hear more. And if we hear more, then we're going to believe in less lies because we're aware of more truths. And if we have more truth in our life, then there's more God in our life. And if there's more God within us, then there's less of me present. That's my big idea today. We need to learn the art of listening prayer so that we say less so we can hear more. And if we hear more, then there's less lies. And if there's less lies, then we can live in more truth. And if there's more truth within us, there'll be more God. And if there's more God, there is just less of me. Can we just admit today, someone, some of us, we, we, there needs to be a little less of us, a little less of me. So let's learn to listen to God more in prayer and, and more, and, and, and in turn, we want to become more aware of his voice. Soren Kierkegaard, really a foundational theologian in, in what we believe today, once observed and stated, a man prayed and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. 
And that's what I hope as we mature in our faith is, 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 is we begin to learn and understand that, that our relationship with God, yes, starts with prayer. And our prayer and how we understand prayer is, for many of us is asking God, right, and, and talking to God. But in turn, through that communion, we begin to understand that prayer is so much more than us speaking. I want to equip us to hear the Lord speaking in our lives personally. I'm gonna give you four ways to hear God's voice. So please take notes or at least take photos from the screen. The first way we can hear God's voice, we can hear him speaking is through his word. Again, this isn't the, you know, like, that's not shocking for anybody to hear, but this is a simple reminder that, that the beginning of creation uh, started because of the spoken word of God. And what we know is this, it has now been written into our Bibles, our holy scriptures. Uh, but the thing that was really, really cool and has been obviously articulated through scripture and words is this, is we serve and we surrender ourselves to the living word and his name is Jesus Christ because he was the word incarnate. Jesus himself is the word in flesh that lived and breathed among us and that is the power of God's word. And if we're listening, then what we're, we need to do is this, is we need to lean into what is written in the pages, but we also need to lean into the incarnate presence of Jesus in our lives. The second way to, to hear God's voice is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived and breathed and worked amongst us. But when he left, left, he looked at his disciples and he said, wait, because when, if you wait long enough, right, you are going to be sent a helper and his name is the Holy Spirit. Not that, and the importance of that is if, if Jesus would have stayed on, on earth here, he could only be present in one space, but with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could be present everywhere at every time so that we all could experience the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Acts 15, 28 says this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden with you any, uh, burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. It's, it's really this, this story about how uh, the New Testament believers were, were, were really pursuing God to really uh, dial in some of the requirements or, or how it means or what it means to follow Jesus and to live a holy lifestyle. And, and what they did is they had this pursuit and conversation really with the Holy Spirit. And they, 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 they in essence, record this interaction with the Holy Spirit uh, that would continue to speak and guide to them beyond the moments of when Jesus was here on earth. Uh, John 16, 13 says this, but when he, just Jesus is teaching, but when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what I'm trying to teach you today is this, is not only do we hear the voice of God through our word, we hear God through his Holy Spirit. The intangible presence and the voice and the unction and the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. The third way we can 
hear God's voice is through his people. And I've got a really good scripture for this one. It's really inspiring for all of you. It will be. I trust you. Trust me. Numbers twenty two twenty eight says this, and the Lord opened the donkey's mouth. <laughs> and I'm only reading that to you today because guess what? If he can speak through a donkey, he sure can speak through you. Okay, and in the first service, I, I said that different. If he speaks through a donkey, he can speak through me. Can I hear an amen, somebody? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were way too excited about that last hour, the way I said it. So. But I'm, I'm for real, though. Like, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. And he desires to speak through you and his people. The fourth way God chooses to speak to us is through his creation. Psalms 19.1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Romans 1.20 says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, did you hear that? From the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. I mean, even on a cold day like today, I'm telling you what, it would benefit all of us to put on our parka, to put on our boots and go out into nature and just revel and enjoy the presence of God through what he has created. In fact, just take a moment, look at the person next to you and marvel on what he has created. And you can see the quality and you can hear his voice through what he has created. And just to name a few of the things that he created and, and, and just because of natural life, there are things called circumstances. And I just want to confirm and remind you today that God will speak through circumstances in your life. He desires to be heard on the mountaintop or the valley low. The one thing, uh, another way that God speaks to me, and, and, and he was doing so just uh, before I came up, is, is in, in, in through the atmosphere of worship. I feel like that is just a, 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 a very specific uh, atmosphere for or, um, a condition or uh, what am I, environment for me to hear the words and the spirit of God. And I so appreciate being in that type of scenario. God, through his creations, has created you in a specific way that he wants to leverage speaking, you, speaking to you through your dreams. God does that, and he does that scripturally. And, and, and for some of you, it might be a daydream. It could be a night dream. God desires to lead and guide you through what he has created. My question is this, is when is the last time you leaned in and actually said, but Lord, what does that mean? What are you saying? How about this one? Uh, and I already kind of alluded to it, but he also, uh, an example to what he's created, he speaks through nature and the visual world around us. Now, what's kind of scary is that what's awesome is that the Lord wants to speak to you. What's awesome is, is he wants to teach us to hear his voice. What is scary is that he wants us to hear his voice. 
And what I want to I want to just tell you that that as we lean into uh, these concepts of Jesus speaking to us, they're all meant to be used to reconfirm and to solidify what is being spoken in us. Y'all get what I'm saying? So, so I want to say this is the same way there are ways that the Lord speak, there, uh, speaks to us. There are ways that we need to confirm that it's actually the Lord speaking. Did you all get what I'm saying? Because so often the enemy wants to twist the narrative. And so we might observe something out in creation. And because we observed something out in creation, I'm telling you that one of the enemy's tactics is to confuse what you've experienced and potentially to be the voice that's louder than any other voice. So how do we stay on track? And more importantly, let me just say it how it is. How can we just stay from not being so weird and how strange, being strange? Like really, I mean, I think it's a, a, a valid point. And how do we do it? Well, what we do is we lean it. So we might, so say you, you, you had a dream last night and you're like, man, God spoke to me. And, uh, and now you're, you're, you're in this pursuit of going, okay, what does this mean? What do I do next? Well, how do we confirm that dream? You know what we do is we go back to his word. A way to confirm what the Lord has spoken to us is to return to his word, to cling to his word, to be committed to meditate and to memorize and to begin to understand the meta-narrative and the, and the, and the narrative of scripture and, and, and the story of Jesus so that when we have a dream, we go right back to who Jesus is and we know right from that get-go that we're not supposed to go out and streak during the middle of the day because we dreamt it. Oh, wait, you don't have any of those dreams. That was, that was so weird. <laughs> I don't even know why that came to mind. But anyway, you get the point. Um, number two of what do we do to ways to confirm the Lord is speaking to you is we leaned into his Holy Spirit. We ask for the guide to meet us where we're at. We have a conversation and we welcome him into whatever we feel the Lord is speaking to us. And I would tell you this, in my experience, my confidence had grown throughout my faith walk because, because of the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna share that in just in a moment, um, something I experienced this week. The third way that he confirms his voice is this, is his community, his people. What I love about the Elijah story is right after the woe is me moment and hearing the Lord's whisper, the Lord said, go and more or less go find Elijah and invite him on your journey. See, faith was never meant to be done alone. Faith is not really about just me. Faith is about we. That's the power of Echo Church. That's the power of community is that we are called to do life together. And when we hear God's voice, and maybe it's a little strange, it's our opportunity to lean into godly people within this community to confirm or potentially deny or redirect what the Spirit is saying to you. There are people around you for a reason. And then the last, re the last way to confirm that the Lord is speaking to you is through reason. God created reason. 
He just really has. It, it, and, and, and I would just say this. I said, we are so bombarded by so many lies within this culture and within our life and, and, and with our, within our circumstances. And the, and the enemy has such a loud voice. It is so important to lean back on reason and, and say, no, actually, maybe there's something here that we're not supposed to do this really crazy thing. And, and maybe we should think about this practically. And, and I would just say this is a, the story of Elijah saying, I am the only one is the absolute most ludicrous thing I've ever heard that, that he had gone so far to believe. And he told God that he's the only one who feels this way. He's the only one that serves him. I mean, how prideful, serves God. How prideful, no, in a very reasonable way, God looks back and said, no, there are 7,000. So how do we confirm? We need to confirm the voice of the Lord in our life. Otherwise, we get a little strange. So let me help you in closing. How do we practice the art of listening? How do we learn? How do we apply listening prayer? This is, this is what I do. First, I, I pause. In order for me to hear God, I must pause. And then I must create silence. And silence comes in so many different forms, right? For some of you, you're so used to your earbuds, you need to shut your music off, even if it's worship. For some of you, it's, visual noise and you need to shut that off. So, but for me, I, I, for me to hear God's voice, I must pause, intentionally pause. I, and then I must silence myself. And then what I do, because I do want to hear the Lord's voice is I'm going to posture myself physically and spiritually. And many times mentally, what I end up doing just to frame up the conversation is I lean into God's word to just frame up the conversation and start it the way it should be anyway. And then what I do is I listen. And what you need to hear about this is this. You need to be patient. You need to learn in that little moment to not be in a hurry. I'm telling you, and I've already admitted, sometimes when I tell Christy to get to the point, it's the worst thing I could possibly say. Doesn't matter how much I listened previously, <laughs> I just ruined that listening exercise. And in an in a, in a, in a intimate relationship with God, the last thing we need to be or need to do is this, is be in a hurry and treat God like this microwave when really it's just slow cook experience. The fifth thing in listening prayer is this, observe. Don't disconnect your feelings. Don't disconnect what you see or what you might hear in that moment. Maybe a train will come by and maybe that's part of what God's trying to use to speak to you, but begin to observe. And then after you observe something out of the ordinary, this is your opportunity to begin to record what you have read and what you have felt or what you have seen. In fact, I think this quite possibly is what changed my spirituality the most in the last 20 years is I begin to write things down because I begin to realize that I won't write down something that isn't important. I write down things that are important. And guess what? If I observe and God is speaking, I want to remember. And then the seventh, as I just kind of preached, is this, is after I observed, after I have recorded, I want to go back and have this confirmed. 
in the ways that I have mentioned here. And then lastly, after that little practice, and again, who knows how long it's gonna take. I would ever put a timetable on it. What I do is the last thing I think you should ask when you experience, you hear the voice of God, you need to ask this simple question. Is this for me? Or is this for somebody else? And you'd be surprised. God just might answer. On Thursday morning, I woke up. And uh, as I'd mentioned last week, I've been in the practices, practice of is even in bed, I open up after I shut my alarm off. The first app I open is the Bible app from YouVersion. And it's got a scripture of the day. And that particular day, it was like, God will meet all of my needs according to the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I began to just, I really postured my next steps just in that thought. And as I cleaned up and got ready, I eventually, uh, because I was going to Panera for my subscription of the Dollar Sip Club or whatever it's called. (laughs) On the way there, I, I thought this is a great opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit and begin to observe what, what he might show me. And, and as I was leaning in and listening to God, I actually got really annoyed because the only thing that, that stuck out from between my house and to Panera was a dumb billboard that said guaranteed offer. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Whose name will not be named in this place. Okay. Yeah, that's marked. And I thought, oh man, how interesting. And I honestly was really annoyed because it was just so evident. And I thought like, like how, if you follow this little trail here, I wake up and it says, God will take care of all of my needs. And then as I'm driving down the road and I actually kept my, I didn't have any music on, no nothing. I see this sign and it, and it places in my heart, my mind, and it kind of sticks. Like, no, this is what God's saying. That's a guaranteed offer. Come on, somebody. Now that can preach, right? I was a little annoyed. So I thought I needed to work a little bit more out. So I got to Panera. I sat down and I began to, continue my study and what I'd been studying for the last month or so. And I opened up to Hebrews eleven thirty nine 39, just to confirm that type of message and confirm and say, Lord, what are you saying about, uh, about this? And this is what eleven thirty nine 39 says. These were all commended. These people were all commended for their faith. Now, let me tell you who was commended. There's a bunch of people that are commended for being chopped into hung or burnt. Did you hear that? Uh, Hebrews 11 is one of my favorite chapters until it gets to the end. (laughs) Because God, in the beginning of Hebrews 11, it it shows like, and it talks about all these kind of, well, these kind of messed up people that God uses. And then then Hebrews 11 kind of gives them a little bit of credit for having a little bit of faith, you know, but God does all these amazing things. And then then you're like, yeah, I want to be that person. But then at the end of Hebrews, it talks about all these people that are persecuted for for really the cause of Jesus Christ. Uh, And then it says there that these people will be commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Lord, where is that guaranteed offer? That's what I was thinking. I was like, shoot, man. What are you saying here, God? What are you trying to confirm in my heart? And, and what are you saying to me? And, and I decided to continue down the, 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 that chapter in verse 40, right after it says this, none of them received what had promised since God had plans for something better. That God 
has a plan for something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And I read that and I was like, whoa, God. And just at that moment, I did have my headphones on and and, and, and as I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing and I'm praying and I'm listening to God, I, I, I hear this song beginning to play in my ears. And, and in essence, the, the, the verse and the chorus starts singing, my soul waits for you, oh God. That's when I got my journal out. Because remember, I write down things that I want to remember and things that I deem important. And I began to just have this conversation with the Lord saying, Lord, okay, I, I started off with this idea that you're going to meet my needs. And, and, and I, I feel like, like that's a guaranteed offer. And you really, really will meet my needs. But at the same time, maybe my needs aren't necessarily what you see what I need. And regardless of whether it's a mountaintop or a valley low circumstance or situation, I am going to trust that you have something better for me. So my soul waits. And if God can speak to this donkey, if he can speak to this person, if he can draw near to me as I'm drawing near to him as a follower, I just believe with all of my heart that in this church today, he can do the same with you. Some of you, when you hear this message, you're just super frustrated because you're like, I don't hear God's voice. But, but that's because you're looking in the wrong way or you think it's going to be in the form of an earthquake or a, a fire or your circumstance or, or, or a little, literal audible voice. And I just want to say, no, God wants to uniquely speak to you. He wants to lead you and he wants to guide you. So Lord, we position our hearts in our lives, in our ears, to you. May you speak to your servants. Will you teach us the way? We invite you to be the loudest voice in our life. And we stand on the promise of this guaranteed offer that we serve a God that is interruptible and that you desire to speak, to lead, to guide us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Echo Church, will you stand up? We pray a prayer every week. that reminds us that we cannot do life alone, but we need God. And our first step in a very intentional way is to say, Jesus, we can't do it. We surrender. Let's pray this together as we invite Jesus at the center of our lives. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, 
You rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name, in his authority, amen. Let's take a few moments, lean in, and listen to the voice of God before we leave.
I'm honest for a second. I wish God spoke through the earthquake. And I wish he spoke through the wind. And I wish he spoke through the fire. Because I feel like maybe I'd hear that a little better. But what God chooses to speak through is the whisper. So let me do something for a second. Let me tell you what I'm kind of associating or attributing the earthquake and the fire and the wind to right now. It's the distractions of life. It's the email from work. It's the text from a friend. It's that kind of stuff. Now, I was having a conversation with some buddies of mine this week, and we were talking about whether or not the phone is good or the phone is bad. I just think the phones, I think phones are amoral, like money, but it's what we do with them. And so I'm going to teach you guys something today that has changed my life, all right? So I am not a technology person, but I'm just going to show you something. Um, because I've been trying all week to have the Bible be the first thing I read, But the problem is, I don't know if you guys are like me, but like you have like a gajillion reminders and updates and things that happen first thing in the morning. This podcast downloaded, these emails and these texts and all these things come in. So I'm going to show you guys something. If you just drag, I'm just going to assume you all have iPhones. So I'm going to apologize to those that don't. I don't have any idea how to do what you're going to about to do, but I'm sure you can Google it or something. But everybody else just work with me. You just drag down right here. And then all these things pop up, you know, you drag down on the right side, all these things pop up. And there's an option called do not disturb. Do not disturb will change your life. It's like my favorite setting on my phone because I am a super easily distracted person. Now there's another setting and I don't really know how to do it, but somehow I had my phone do it. And it is called sleep mode, which means your phone doesn't update you. It doesn't matter if somebody texts you unless they're like the people that are in your, I don't know, family or whatever. There's a way to control it. I'm just really bad at talking about technology. I'm really sorry. But I think the only way we can get the earthquake out of the way and the wind and the fire, the only way we can do it is if we start switching on do not disturb just a little more often. Because the thing that's keeping us from hearing the small voice of God way too often, and by the way, I'm not just talking to you, I'm really very easily talking to me, is this stupid thing right here. The earthquake is right in our hand and we're begging it to be loud And it's drowning out the sound of Jesus. So just an encouragement this week. What if we go to do not disturb a little more often? What if we set our phone on sleep mode overnight so that when we wake up, the first thing we can look at is the Bible. And by the way, I talked to a few people today that this week was the first week that they've been looking at the Bible first. And it's awesome. Like, I just want to encourage you. If you did that one time even this week, that is an awesome step. What a cool thing to do. Now here at Echo, we like to do a couple things. We love to celebrate. And specifically, we want to celebrate two groups of people today. We want to celebrate those that came to Echo for the very first time. Let's give it up for those people today. Always hard to go to a new church, and we're so happy you're here. If that's you, would you please go to the info table in the back? It's a red table over there. We have a coffee gift card for you, and we want to say thank you. Another group we want to celebrate is those that said the prayer with us for the first time today. Come on. Come on. 